Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free. So I could be home and I could tell everyone I know that you thought I was worth. So you came. You thought I was worth. You cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. You're right, so I can be free. Hold up, everyone that you thought I thought I was worth. So you came, you thought I was worth even. So you cleaned me up and you thought I was the you sacrificed your life so I could be free. Oh, so people, I like to say hello. Welcome to Sound City Radio. We're one of your two friends, better known as Will. Uh, God. And today's show. It's definitely going to be a special show because a lot of people have been through this. And thanks to Minister Calvin Myers who came up with this topic. Married to broken things. Now, how many people have been married to broken things? How many people have been married? How many people out there would like to get married? Well, look, whenever you get married, you better put Jesus first. You better make sure he's part of your life, or else you might have a little bit of a problem. Confusion. Demoralization. Things are just not of God. We're going to go in today, y'all. All you got to do is dial that number, 724-444-7444. Then put the pin number in, 
One four three nine zero six pounds. Then one pound. And start eight to talk. Oh Lord, this is gonna be something. Hold up, let me hear a little bit more. Talk to me. So now let me get right now and fade out. And let's get this thing started. Now, if there was a little bit of technical difficulties, hey, I'm totally sorry. But the devil is a lie and God is the truth. And best thing about life is we're still here to live. We're still here to stay. But can we change the world? The only way to know it, the only way to do it, is ask God. But let's give it up for the soldier of the Lord, Minister Calvin Myers. Are you in the building? Yes, sir. We're here, Dr. Will. How are you? Oh, I'm most excellent, man, trying to stand up when anybody's trying to make me fall down. <laughs> and I ain't going to say anybody, but that daggone crazy behind the devil. He always trying to knock you off your feet. You got to remember, you got some knees. Because <laughs> your knees help you bend. And then when you bend, you can get right back up. Oh, Lord, let me stop talking. Sound like we need some Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 6 going on, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know that's right. Amen, amen. I want to say hello to everybody that's out there. We want to thank all of you for opening up your time and your heart just to allow us to share with you wherever you may be at, if you're in your car or you might be at home or on the job, wherever you may be at, just relaxing inside the house. We want to deal with a topic here that I think is timely, and I think it's very important that all of us know about it. And this topic today, God laid us on our heart. In fact, he been gave it to us, but everything you got to throw it out at the right time. And so we just want to see fit for, see fit to throw it out. Excuse me, I had to burp. See fit to throw it out at this time of this day so that we can just encourage people who are married, encourage those who are single, encourage those who would like to get married, and encourage those who came out of a marriage. Some of us are in marriage, some of us coming out of marriage, some of us are going into marriage. But nevertheless, we need wise counseling. And no greater counsel that we can get is from the word of God. So we want to open up in prayer and we just want to ask God's favor to be whatever we do. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for clarity. We thank you, God, for understanding. We pray, God, that you would bring in every wonder in mind, break every stronghold, principality, demonic forces. We pray, God, that you would break the spirit of rebelliousness, strongholds, mind settings. God, the spirit of fear, Lord, the spirit of doubt, oppression, and depression. God, move by your spirit. Teach your people. Do not allow these lips to clay to say anything that would not bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray into your glory. Amen. Well, folks, today we're going to talk about married to broken things. I know most of us are thinking about marriage, but the rabbit hole goes a lot more deeper than just marriage. So 
we're going to go into this topic here. It's marriage and broken things. And we're going to start from the beginning in the book of Genesis. Uh, but before we go there, we want to go to Genesis, and we're going to talk about some things in the middle of the Bible, and then we're going to talk about things in the New Testament, and then we're going to talk about things in Revelation, because all three or four of these places are very important. But more important, I want to drop this nugget into you. The two or the three most important decisions you will ever make in your life. Hear me very clearly. Because a lot of times people think the most important decision was when they got saved. That is the first most important decision that you made in your life, okay? The second most important decision that you made is very, very important. It is who you marry, who you marry. Because when you get saved, you got to make sure that you marry with the right person. So we're going to go into that part, too. We're going to talk about who we're married to, and we're going to go into being unequally yoked. And we're just going to show you some display of things that took place when folks was unequally yoked it. We'll talk about that later. And then the third thing is that's most important is saying yes to your purpose in life that God has called you to. Because a lot of people get saved and he stop right there. They may never care about who they marry as long as he looks tall, dark and handsome, or tall, light and handsome, or button breast. Let's tell it like it is. I got friends that marry button breast folks. No spiritual, whatever. Totally unequally yoked it. I know people who married tall, dark, and handsome. Boy, just, he wasn't even saved. Took him to the altar and got him saved. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's things that goes on like this that's very, very important that we need to know because, listen, folks, God is concerned about your every need. Don't get this thing twisted here. And uh, he wants to meet your need. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, and an expected end, an expected end. Man, God wants to deal with things with you. He knows, he sees everything. He's concerned about you. The third thing is people are not concerned about saying yes to their purpose because some people may say, Brother Calvin, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, this thing falls in line with making sure that you first, you get into the word, and you get neology. You get on your knees and seek God, but get into your word and be led to a church where you can hear the word of God and get fed. Amen? Now, I encourage you, you can come up to my church. I'm at DEC, Deliverance Evangelistic Church. We welcome all of you uh, at the coming in and hear the word from our church. So, I mean, we get, we do nothing but word. We don't play games with people. We make disciples there. So we just want to let you know that. It's not about talent and personality. It's about word. And so that's what we're about, making disciples. Because to us, we believe that your purpose is very important. So that's what we're going to be dealing with. We're going to be dealing with people finding their purpose. So the three most important things, decisions that you ever make in your life, one is saying yes to the Lord and getting saved. Because your soul is so important. What would it profit a man or a woman if they gain the whole world and lose their own soul? Two, the most important thing would be is marriage. The Bible tells us that marriage is honorable in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 4, and the bed is undefiled. And three is finding your purpose. You want to find your purpose. 
because you don't want to live this life and you never knew what your purpose was. And your purpose is something that you would love to do. So we're going to talk about that also. Um, there's a lot of things that's going on. People only want to deal with humans when it's time to do a revival and make money off them. I'm not that dude. No. I believe that God designed the fivefold ministry to make disciples. God don't call cowards and women. He calls strong men and women when he calls them. So that's important. Your purpose is important because you're connected to souls. If I only look at you for what I can get out your wallet in your pocket, I have failed you. I have failed you. But I want to see that you grow. I'm not a pastor. So to me, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to bring it from the hip. I'm going to bring it to you strong. And so we're going to go into this word, and we're going to grow together. While I'm sharing with you, I'm learning also. So the three most important thing is salvation. The second one is who you marry. The third one is finding out your purpose in God's life. Those three things are trinity. It's very important. So we're going to go into married to broken things. If you have your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 2, going back to in the beginning. We're going to go to Genesis. The book of Genesis means beginning. So we're going to go to the beginning of time when marriage first was implemented by God. When God put it in place, he's the one that started marriage, not men. Men can't change it. Men can allow spirits to try to make them twisted. But let the Bible say, let God be true and every man a liar. God has an order in the way he did things. So I, we're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at verse, um, let's look at verse 18 and read down a little bit. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed the very dust of the field, and of every goes into fowls of the air. And what did he do? And he brought them unto Adam and to see what he would call them. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, uh, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and of the fowls of the air and of every beast of the field. And of Adam, there was not found a help. Meat, and that word meat means a fit for him, okay? And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now notice, God made a woman. He didn't create another male. He made a woman. He started with a man, and then he made a woman. I think God knows what he's doing. He's the chief uh, physician. He's the chief surgeon. He knows how to operate. Adam was sleeping good. He was sleeping good. He was dreaming. Are you hearing me? And so he said, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man, warm man, or who man, okay? Therefore, till a man leave his father and mother, uh-oh, and cleave unto his wife, uh-oh, look out, mama boys. I was a mama boy, too. And they should be of one flesh. I love this. And they were both naked, and the man 
and his wife and were not ashamed. Okay? Now, we know same thing later on when sin came into the garden, same thing. So we realize that God was the one that started marriage. He started marriage himself. The Bible said marriage is honorable. Hmm. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. Marriage is honorable. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 13 when it talks about marriage is honorable. Book of Hebrews chapter 13. And let me just get over there if I can catch up with everybody. It takes me a minute to get there, but we're going to get there. Look at the book of Hebrews. Because there's some things that Hebrew could teach all of us that we need to learn. I think a lot of times people move away from the word of God, and this is when we get twisted up and confused, and now we're starting to compromise. Compromise is a dangerous thing, folks. There's a time when you got to take a stand. You're not going to be popular taking a stand, but you got to do what you got to do. Let's look at Mar- uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. And it said, marriage is honorable. Honorable comes from the word honor. Honor means to highly esteem. Marriage is highly esteemed. And all, and the bed is undefiled. But notice what God said, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. God is going to judge the whoremongers and adulterers, not us. So he talks about marriage being honorable. It's something about when God brings a couple together. Satan has always worked against the family, not just the marriage, but the whole family. When we want to get rid of a snake, we cut off the head of the snake. That's how we know it's dead. When the enemy want to take over our home, he takes, he attacks the man. If he can get him out of the way, if he get his mind all over and everywhere else, if he can get him double-minded, if he can get him confused, he got the family. In a lot of cases, the women had to be the foundation and the backbone of the house. The women had taken a great stand because men have wandered off but where they supposed to be at. And the true saying is this, is that as the dog has returned to his vomit, even so the fool has returned to his folly. So that means like a dog, and this, this is going to sound a little nasty, but bear with me, folks. When a dog has vomit, the dog will regurgitate it up on the ground, he'll leave it, and then he'll come right back and lick that thing on up like it's nice, mm-mm, good cabos from soup. You hear me? So that's something we don't want to have that image. And a lot of times when God talks about dogs, it's always in a negative way. It's never in a positive way. Now, the world called the dog the man's best friend. But every time God talks about dogs, it's never been in a good way, not in a good way. Because in Revelation, he talks about those who are cast out of heaven. He said, for without our dogs, he mentioned that word dog again. But the world said the dog is a man's best friend. If you're going to stick your dog on somebody, I guess you will be your best friend. Animals are good. I love dogs. I had a dog, too. But I thank God that it's not the dog that's the man's best friend. It's God that's the man's best friend. I can assure you that. It won't be the dog. Because the dog is there. He's getting his three meals a day, and he's living good. So when we realize that marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled, honor means to esteem very highly. When you look at the word marriage, the word marriage means the legal or formal formality formally recognize a union of two people as partners in a personal relationship. 
Let me make it plain and simple. A union between a man and a woman so nobody get that twisted, okay? We believe God's word. And so we believe what God's word is true and it is honorable. So we believe that marriage goes between a male and a woman because this is how they reproduce. The woman carries the baby for nine months. Nine. Nine means fulfillment. She gives birth and life comes forth. Only through a woman that life could come through a man and a woman when they are united together. Now, I know scientists are doing some freaky things, and they're mixing things up, and they're doing some crazy things. Now, Daniel told us that knowledge will increase and men will go to and fro. We understand that is happening. You'd be surprised what they can do this day and time. It will blow your mind. Um, there's a lot of things that the saints are not up on what's going on in the world, but I promise you, God's word cannot lie. When it said that knowledge will increase and men will go to and fro, you better believe it's happening. They got things that they can do that will blow the people of God's mind. And because we're not really looking up what's the latest thing that's going on with scientists, we are unaware of what's happening. But there are things that are happening right now that will mess you up. Don't you ever sit back and say, oh, they can't do that. Really? <laughs> you better go do your research and find out what they can and cannot do. Uh, but we'll talk about that another time because that's a good talk topic right there, just dealing with knowledge shall increase and men should go to and fro. I really want to hit that at a later time. But let's look at the book of Matthew chapter 19, and let's look at marriage too. Matthew chapter 19, we're going to the gospel of Matthew that shows Jesus as the king. And we want to share something with you from the book of Matthew chapter 19. God is awesome. You see, we got to remember God gave in the book of Romans chapter 1, I think it's saying, even though they did not retain God in their mind, he still gave them over to a reprobated mind to do those things which is not convenient. That means it's not easy to do the things that they can do. Men can do things that will blow your mind. The government can do things that will mess you up. We have no clue what they have created and what they can do with things. When you look at technology, we marvel at the technology that we have right now. But, folks, let me tell you something. Our government is 20 years advanced in technology of where we're at right now, 20 years advanced. I promise you that. I promise you that. There are things that they got that if you saw it, you wouldn't believe that we have it. You think everything you see in the movie is not real? You better think again. That's just our way of showing off what we do have. Think about it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. We're going to read down a little bit from there. And if you got any questions, we offer you to call in. Just punch star 8 if you want to share and add to what we're saying or if you got any questions. Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. Wherefore you are no more two, but one flesh. But therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And so they, they're talking about you're no longer two flesh, but they become one, one partner. They, too, become one. Now, folks, I want to share some things with you that God has showed us in the Bible. In the Old Testament, you can see that God started off with Adam and Eve. When Adam failed God and sin was multiplied upon the earth, God decided to wipe the earth out, and he saved the family, nor and his six sons, Three sons with their wives, and he started again. Eight people would survive. And then from there, God called out a man named Abraham. At the time, he called him Abel. 
and his name was Abraham, father of multitudes. So he called out I, um, Abraham, and he called Sarah. He started off with a family again. Remember, salvation is the first important thing. Who you marry is the second important thing. Saying yes to your purpose in God's will is very important because it's not only about you, but it's your lawns, your offspring, your kids who will come after you. You can't be a dog married to a donkey head. Are you hearing me? You can't be an eagle married to a duck head. There's different things. Listen, I'll never forget um, Pastor Jay Dykeman said one time that made me laugh when he was at Deliverance. He said, there are many heads out there. He said, there's a head of a donkey, there's a head of a mule, there's a head of an ox, there's a head of a dog. Listen, there's many heads out there. Ladies, if you're out there, listen, please, choose wisely who you make your head. Because when you marry him, he is your head. No need of bucking against him. You made him the head. You say unto death, us do part, and you yoked up with him. And this is why it's important not to look at just good looks, not to look at just how much education he got. Not to look at button breath, how much education she got. Now, please don't misunderstand, Brother Calvin. I'm not telling you to marry nobody short, fat, and bald-headed, ladies. And men, I'm not telling you to marry Sinene, okay, somebody that's a hood rat. But what I am saying, find someone that is comparable, com- compatible for you to marry because you're dealing with your children. If your husband don't know nothing about God, and he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and he don't read his Bible, and he don't care about praying. If you don't fast, you're not going to last. If you don't pray, you ain't going to stay. Listen, if this man, I don't care how good he looks, how much education he got, how what type of car he drives, how much money he got in the bank, listen, folks, let me tell you something. You're playing with your seed. You do not want to play the game of this man not knowing nothing. He's the father of your child. Because he's going to teach your child the same thing that he knows, that's what he's going to put inside your son. And your eyes will cry one day when your son come home, talk about he has this different belief of a religion that has no substance. Twice dead and plucked up by the root. Clouds they are, the Bible says, without rain. So you got to remember, there's a lot of false teaching going on. The Bible talks about there will be a great falling away near the end times. And so as we experience this great falling away, because people are not in, inclined to the word of God, they're not going into the word of God like they're supposed to be going into the word of God, because God want to build them up. God left us a manuscript. The manuscript is the word of God. We get equipped by the word of God. We get built up by the word of God. That's why I'm not one that bow down and worship men. I honor men. I respect men. I thank God for great men, but I'm not into worshiping men. There's only one God that I worship and one man I worship, Christ Jesus, the man. I'm not into that because I know men come and go. One day I will be gone. We're all here temporary. And I promise you, when we get to heaven, they will not, nobody, no one's going to be called bishop, apostle, evangelist, teacher. No, 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 no. Brother so-and-so. So a lot of times people get caught up into ego tripping and what their title is. I don't care about people's titles. I really don't. I respect the title because I am an evangelist, and I thank God for title because he put things in order for the perfecting of the saints, for building up the body. But I don't worship no men because when you get to the point that you're supposed to love and respect men, when you get to the point of worshiping that man, God take him home. He said, now what you going to do? I'm taking him home. 
you honor the man of God. You don't worship him. Sometimes people brag more about men than they brag about Jesus. And I got a problem with that. I've been in churches where I heard them say, let's give the Lord a hand, and they clap modestly for the Lord. And then when they say, let's give the pastor a hand, they whistled and swinging from the chandelier. I'm like, what is going on here? Did I miss something here? I didn't know this pastor went to the cross. When did he die? So I'm just trying to figure it out here. Oh, you're going to catch me in a minute. But this is what I'm just saying. In many cases, I don't worship people. People, oh, oh God's anointing. You got to be careful. We respect and love God's anointing. But let me tell you something. When God saved you, he anointed you too. You fall in order with leadership. You fall under leadership. But don't ever get this twisted. The leader is accountable to God, just like you are. When he called you, he sealed you with his spirit. The first thing he did when he saved you. Then he filled you with his spirit. When he wants to use you, he filled you with his spirit. And then the spirit of God comes upon you when you're doing the ministry. And this is the thing that we we miss out on in many, a lot of cases because we don't really understand. And this is why when leaders fall off or anybody fall off, we have a hard time dealing with it because we thought they were supposed to be in Jesus. They're not Jesus. They're human. They have challenges just like you have challenges, men and women. If anybody don't stay in their place, anybody could get, like my boy always say, knocked out the box. Knocked out the box ain't no joke. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter uh, 6. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read something here in the book of Corinthians chapter 6 where God shared with us about his word again because there's some things there we want to deal with. Again, if anyone want to add or say anything, feel free. We're going to walk through this because I'm going somewhere with this. Second Corinthians chapter 6, and then we're going to drop the bomb down on everybody. Because marriage is so important, God fast-forward marriage all the way into Revelation. Now, I'm going to read chapter 6 first right here about the unequally yoked thing right here. Chapter 6, let's look at... Um, Verse 14, and be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have the righteous with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? Now, God is saying for a lot of people here, we use the term jack legs, me and my boy, we use jack legs. Jack legs are everywhere, y'all. There's many types of forms of jack legs. Jack League pastors, Jack League preachers, Jack League teachers, Jack League mechanic, Jack League electrician, Jack League plumbers, Jack League construction workers. But you don't want to have a Jack League uh, husband. You don't want that. You don't want a Jack League wife. I promise you, you don't want that. So you don't want to have it. I'm going to share with you about this man named Ahab. Ahab. And he married this woman named Jezebel. Now, in the Bible, God told Israel not to be unequally yoked. If you ever read your word, you remember when God told Solomon not to deal with the Gentile women because they would turn his heart away from him. And Solomon didn't obey God, the wisest man in the world. And there's some other thing I want to share about Solomon that was good. 
that he did share with us. He wrote the book of Proverbs, one of the greatest, wisest book of all time, the book of wisdom. What is the book of wisdom? Because when you read the Bible, it's five books of wisdom, the book of Job, the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs, the book of Psalms, Solomon, and the book of Ecclesiastes, all deal with the books of wisdom. But we realize here that God talks about being unequally yoked. King Ahab married a woman named Jezebel. This woman named Jezebel. Strongly and rightfully so, her name is Jezebel. Now, Jezebel has uh, it's something very important about this woman because her character, her personality was so dominated, dominating, I mean, in so much that Jesus talked about the spirit of Jezebel with the church of Thyatira. All the way in the future, you hear Jesus talk about the spirit of Jezebel. And a lot of times we try to put that on ladies in the churches and stuff like that. But Jezebel now, this day and time, is a spirit, y'all. It is a controlling spirit. She made, when she lived, this is a woman who had a lot of prophets. She killed false prophets. I'm sorry. She killed a lot of God's prophets, and she had a lot of false prophets. You remember Elijah when he called fire down from heaven? He had a standoff with her prophets, and he said, let's come together, and the God that answered by fire, let him be God. Man, Elijah put his thing down. Man, he told them to do their thing first. They did their thing. All of her prophets called on their prophet Baal. They cut themselves from morning to the evening time, blood gushing out. And then, I mean, they poured water on their altar, and, and then Elijah started mocking them. He said, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he went away or something like that. Cry louder. And they cried, and they cried, and they cried. No response. Then Elijah said, now it's my turn. He said, put the altar, build up the altar. He said, put water on the altar. They built the altar to water. He said, put more water on it. Then he said, add more water on it. And man, Elijah called on his God, and God came out and lapped up all the fire. And then Elijah said, don't let none of them escape. And he told him, take these men and put them to death. He killed all of them. He had them executed. Well, the word got back to Jezebel. She was nobody that would back down. He said, listen, man of God, did the Lord do the same to me too because I'm going to kill you when I catch you. Elijah took off running. <laughs> he, ran, he ran into a cave. And the Bible said God made the fire to come, the earth to shake and everything, and he spoke to Elijah in a soft voice. Elijah, what are you doing here when you should be there? Elijah said, I'm not like my predecessors. I'm not like the fathers of old, take me home. And this is how you get the chariots of fire that took him away. But let me tell you something. Before Elijah died, he put things in order. Not died. He didn't die. He got caught up into the fire of chariots and horses. He, uh, he put things in order. He told everybody who was going to be the next king. And also he said the dog is going to lick Jezebel's blood. And, man, let me tell you something. Jezebel was somebody. She had the fear of God on everybody. Everybody was afraid of this woman. She had all her false prophets taken over. So in the book of Revelation, Jesus talks about this spirit of Jezebel. I want to tap on that. Now notice, this lady is from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. You hear about her in the book of Revelation. 
Revelation means to unveil. But yet her name pops up again. And it's quite interesting when you hear her name because you would have thought that this is before Christ came down on the earth. And let's read at Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to be reading at verse 18, and it says this. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things, said the Son of God, who has eyes like unto flames of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. I know your works and charity and service and faith and your patience and your work that you had to be, that you, that and the last should be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you suffered that woman Jezebel called herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Listen, he had a problem with this church. The spirit of Jezebel had came in there. Listen to what he said in verse 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Isn't that like God? He gives us chance to repent. He said she didn't. Listen to what he said. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches should know that I am he which searches the rain, the heart. And I would give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, unto the rest, as many as have not this doctrine. It was a doctrine. The doctrine of Jezebel to seduce people to fornicate, which have not known the depths of Satan. As they speak, I will not put, listen to God, upon you no other burden. Isn't God suffering? He won't put more on you than what you can bear. But that which you have already hold fast till I come. He said, but what you do have, Hold fast that which, which you have until I come. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power to overcome the nation. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers. Even as I receive of my father, I will give him the morning star. And he, and he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. God has a promise for all his people. Now, Solomon, we look at Jezebel, the damage that she did. Let me go back to Jezebel. She did a lot of damage. But I also want to talk to you about, now this is for the man that married the wrong woman. Let me tell, share with you the story about a lady that married the wrong man. Her name was called Abigail. She married a Joe Knucklehead. I mean, he was a knucklehead. He was a knucklehead. Brothers, I promise you, he was a knucklehead. Sisters, I promise you, he was a knucklehead, double knucklehead. He was a man, the name was Nabal. Now, the word Nabal means fool. You hear that? Nabal, fool. That's the definition of his name. 
It means food. How did she marry? It must have been her daddy that gave her away to neighbor. Because in those days, they the parents would give you away. You had no say so in it. The parents, which is the father, had the authority to give his daughter to a man. It was like a business deal. In some cases, they would give these daughters away to the man. Well, bless God, her name. Nabal was a very wealthy man, and he had servants who had a bunch of cattle. They was moving them from one location to another. I guess he had purchased them or whatever was happening. Well, we remember David was hiding in strongholds at the time from Saul. Now, folks, everybody knew who David was. They knew he killed Goliath. They knew he was a warrior. They knew he was a man after God's own heart. All Israel knew about David. But David was hiding strongholds from King Saul so he would not kill him. And along the journey, David and his man ran into these servants that had a whole lot of cattle. So David had about 500, and some parts said five, some said 600. He had all these men that was around him. And he ordered the men to protect the servants to transport them to Nabal as in a favor that he might be able to get something back from this man. So the men covered the servants by night and day. Now, in those days, there was no government. There was no laws. You just had kings. Any group can come along with a bunch of men, kill your servant while they're on a journey back to you and take all your substance. And David and his men had, had all the power and the right to kill and take whatever they wanted. Nevertheless, they protected them, and David did things honorably the right way. He said, when you talk with your master, see if Nabal can send me back some cattle because we're in this, the wilderness. You know, we just need some food to help us out. Well, the servants went with Nabal serving back to Nabal's house. At the time, Nabal had this big old party. He was partying up like it's 1999, y'all. He was doing his thing. And he got nice and drunk. He drunk the Kool-Aid. And as he got drunk, the servants came. The servant, his servant came to him and brought David's servant. David was not there himself. <clears throat> he was waiting back in the stronghold to find out if he would send him some, some cattle, some food or what happened. Listen to what this fool did. When the servants came to their neighbor and they said, these servants are servants of David, they protected us by day and by night. There was a wall around us. Nothing happened to us. They was very nice to us. They protected us. This man said out of his face, he said, who is David? There be many servants that's running from their master these days and times. He knew who David was when he said that. He said, I'm not going to give them nothing. And when he did that, he turned the servants of David away. One of the servants went to Abigail his wife, and told his wife, David men was nice to us. They protected us. They were sealed around us. And she told, they told her, repeated the words that Nabal said to the servant of David. David's servant was on the day away back to David to give him the message. When Abigail heard that, she said, grab some pod, grab some food. And she told the servant, hurry up. In the meantime, Nabal's still having a party. It's at nighttime. He's partying up. She hurried up and rushed to meet David. By then, David got the word from his servant what Nabal had said. David told all his men of war, he said, every man scrap yourself. 
We're going to get him. We're going to kill every man that pissed against the wall. We're going to take it now. We ain't asking. We're coming in to take it. And so uh, when they got ready, they head towards the neighbor house. Abigail met him in the road. Stopped, got off the horse, bowed herself about three times to David, said to David, I pray that you forgive my husband for what he said. The man's name is neighbor. It means fool anyway. And she begged David. She said, I know that one day you're going to be the king and you don't want this to be on your head. She begged him. And David listened to this woman, Abigail. And he said to her, if you did not meet me this day, I was going to kill every man that pissed against the wall. He was coming to kill everybody. And David took the gift and he thanked her. She was a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman. And the next day she told Abigail, I mean Nabal, when he had his hangover about David and his men was coming to kill him. And when he heard about that, that David and his men was coming to kill him, the Bible said that the man had a heart attack and he died. The Lord killed him. And guess who stepped in and married his wife? You got it. Good old David. David moved in and took over everything that man had. Everything he owned, David got it all. You see, folks, listen, I can't explain the dynamics, but on both sides, whether you're male or whether you're female. And I don't know why I'm going down this road in this passage today because somebody needed to hear it as an encourager. Women, take your time. Make sure that God connects you with the right man of God. You don't want to marry a neighbor. He's a fool. Men, take your time. Make sure the Bible says he that finds a wife, not she that finds a husband. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. You want the favor of God on your life. Some people just want the blessing. That's all they care about is it. the blessing. They treat God like he's some rich uncle. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed. Don't know nothing about God. Can't cast a flea off a shoulder. Some people are so caught up into the things that they can care less about being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it's pathetic. I'm afraid of a man who just care about materialistic things. Oh, God ain't give you this. God ain't give you that. And he can't. He ain't got no Holy Ghost. He has no power. No power with God. But he got all the things. Listen, folks. Let me tell you this. Everything that you own on this earth, you're gonna leave it here. Do you hear me? You're not taking one dime with you. I don't care if you got a hundred thousand, one million, ten million, four fifty-six. It does not matter. You're going to leave every dime here. And your kids going to spend that money like fools. And you know why? Because you didn't teach them the value of money. Because you didn't let them know the most important thing is not he that's rich towards men but poor towards God. Man life consisted not in the abundance of things that he possesses. Men don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. God loves us. And if he didn't give you these things, you still better love him and serve him. Let me mind you, the church of Laodicea had a lot of things going on. God told him, because you say I'm rich and I'm increasing good and I don't have need of nothing, you know what God said to that people? He said, you don't know that you were poor, blind, naked, and miserable. 
He said, I told you to give me gold tried through fire. He tried you. Many are the fiction of the righteous, the Bible said, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He allowed you to go through things in your life that he may try your character. Some people got a lot of things, but they never grew up. They still babies. Babies. They got the cars, they got the money, but they're babies. Talk good, stand upright, but no spirit, no power. Devil could come in there and put his foot up there behind. Let me tell you something. Listen, you want to make sure that you got something. Because one of the things that I love about the book of Job, Job didn't serve God for things. Lord have mercy. If there had been a lot of us, we would have cursed God and died. The devil told Job, this is what the devil said to God. He said, flesh for flesh, all would a man do to save his own skin. But before he got to that part, you know, he said to God, he said, did Job serve you for nothing? You blessed the works of his hand. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be that the devil got your number. He know you only serving God for what you can give him. He know that if you didn't have the money, the car, the house, you wouldn't serve God like that. You will coward up and call God a fool or something wrong with God and walk away from the faith. If the only thing you got to show is things that identify you as a Christian, you are terribly in trouble. You are in trouble. I don't care. When I caught scepter, I still love God. If God never gave me a car, I love the Lord. When I used to walk across town in West Philly, all the way to Southwest Philly, near Chester Avenue, just to go to church faithfully, I didn't have a car, but I loved God. When I think about the African people overseas that's walking for miles and our Chinese brothers and sisters who are poor, God is with them. Let me tell you something. If you ever went to one of their churches, they'd put you to shame. Coming in there talking about things. Those folks don't care about things. Godliness with contentment is great gain. A lot of things that people are concerned about, God don't care about that dumb stuff. And if you lose it, your faith will be shaken. Your faith is supposed to be on a rock. The Bible said God is our high tower, our stronghold. Is he a stronghold to you? Can God put you through the test like Job? Can he brag on you? Or are you bragging on what you get from him? You think about that. Some people, that's all they care about is the thing. Listen. Out of seven churches, only two had it together. The Myrna was one, and the other church was Philadelphia. The Myrna was a church that was very poor. They didn't have much, folks. God told them to be faithful to death. He's going to give them a crown of life. Faithful to death. Listen. He didn't tell them he was going to deliver them from death. He said, be faithful to it. A lot of us would start crying and boo-hooing right there. Oh, Jesus, I'm not ready to die. Jesus! Listen, <laughs> you're only here temporary, folks. And that's why Donald Trump is loose. <laughs> We're going to find out who's in and who's out now. Because, folks, let me tell you something. Man, life consisted not in the abundance of things that he possesses. 
Because the same way you get it, it could be taken away. I love what Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It was a song that said, my soul is anchored in the Lord. Listen, folks, you got to anchor yourself down in God. The toys that God gives us, all these things are toys. We thank God for the toys, but that's what it is. It's toys. Bunch of toys you got. And when you die, somebody else going to wear your shoes. They're going to dress up in your suit. They're going to drive your car. They're going to live in your house. They're going to spend your money. There's a lot of people, they spend most of their life running after cars, houses, and materialistic things. And when they die, you know what they put in that casket? They put your shoes on you, your best shoes, your best suit, and put you down in the ground. And everything else you own, they go and they they go and they enjoy the rest of your substance. <clears throat> so I want to ask you a question. If you are a single man, what is broken that you're married to? Is it pride? Is it arrogance? Is it self-righteousness? Is it lust? Is it bitterness? What is it that you're married to? Ask yourself a question. So, right this time, we're going to open up. Somebody have a question? Uh, so I want to see who got a question for us. Anybody got a question out there? Be gone. Dial now, star people, eight. If you have a question. Yeah, that's about to uh, break, it, break it down. Boy. Welcome to South City Radio, people. Dial that number, 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND, and push one pound and star eight to talk. I repeat, just push star eight to talk. Here at South City Radio, it's all about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All I ask for you to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. I have a question, though. Now, Minister Calvin Myers, I've been listening to the streets a lot, and I'd be all in the streets, and I, you know, I hear a lot of things. But I heard individuals say, and in particular individual, they say when you get married, How do you say it? When you get married, the mother, the way, that's what it was. When you get married, the woman is not supposed to leave the parents. The the, the, um, husband is. And then another thing they said was um, when you get married, anything that happens in your household because of the fact, like, you know, it's the, it's the spouse. Anything that happens in your household, they have a right to know because that's their daughter, and, you know, they was brought up that way. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world does that – that don't make sense to me, but I didn't want to be the one to actually say it don't make sense. Well, for one thing, God gives us parents, and in the old days, they would take care of their parents. But what God did not intend it for, for the parent to be a busybody involved in people's relationships. Now, if the husband is beating on the wife or vice versa, you never know in this day and hour, um, then you may have to give them some godly counseling. But to try to run their marriage, uh, that goes back to Second Corinthians 6.14, 
and we can read it again for those of you, maybe if you didn't hear it, let me go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We can turn there and look and see what God's words have to say about that because there's a lot of things that God gives us to do that we need to learn about. Because a lot of times people are in a hurry to get married, but are you sure? Are you marrying this person because it's love or is it lust? Because there is a difference between love and lust. Lust is, I see it, the word lust means, first the word lust means evil desire. When people say, oh, they got a lust spirit, what do you mean a lust spirit? Because lust means you can be lusting after a car, money, houses, clothes, titles, position. You can lust after anything. But you have sexual lust, too. And so it can be something like that. So let's look at our second Corinthians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 14. And it said, be not unequally yoked together with unbeliever. What fellowship has meaning with God? Now, that's not the one I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for uh, is... Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Let's go look at Matthew chapter 19 real quick. I think that should be it, the one that I'm looking for. Matthew 19, and let's look at uh, verse 6. Yeah, this is the one. Wherefore, there are no more twine but one flesh. But there God had joined together, let no man put asunder. And so God talks about don't let nobody put asunder. You honor your parents, and you can look out for them and do that for them, but your marriage is that between you and your wife. And if there is something that you need to work out, you better go to your pastors and get counseling. Amen? You want to go to the leaders. That's why you have pastors. You go to your pastors, let them give you godly counseling. And you love mom and love dad, but you keep your parents out of your marriage. And you go to your pastors and let them give you the godly counseling that you need. And there's another one that talks about cleaving to his wife. Um, and let's see if that's on. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 13. And let's see what that says in Hebrew chapter 13. We read that because we read it a little bit earlier. We were talking about it. And we just want to hit on it again just so everybody can know exactly what we're talking about. Hebrews 13, and I believe it's going to be in verse 4 that we're looking for. Hebrews 13 and verse 4. Marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. Where, but who among us in adultery God would judge? But it's something else to go a little bit further than that. Because when you're dealing with marriage, the rabbit hole goes very, very, very deep. And and it's important to know that because marriage is something that you're coming one with this person. You're going to have children with them. And your job is as a parent to train up your child in the way that they should go. I want to remind everybody about Solomon the wisest man that ever lived. Even though he messed up and he came back and followed up with the book of Ecclesiastes, let me share this with you about Solomon. He took a whole chapter to teach us about something in the chapter 7. He tells us in from 1 all the way up to 6 how to abstain ourselves, how to hear the Father's voice, how to apply ourselves to his wisdom, how to get wisdom, the Bible says, when wisdom has entered into your heart and knowledge has fled into your soul, distress and wise decision, that's what it means, 
shall preserve you, and understanding shall keep you. He gives us all the counseling. And then he talks in chapter 5 how to stay away from the foolish woman and all these things. And then when he gets to chapter 7, wham, he hits you with the adulterous woman. Now, he talks about this man who is a good man. He's a businessman. She's a religious woman. She goes out, pays her vows, pays her bread, her bed sheets. And then she goes out, and Solomon said he looked out his window, and he beheld among the simple ones. He was a man. He finds a woman that is married, and she embraces him, and she seduces him, and she lowers him to go lay with her. And she tells the man that she said, the good man is gone away until the day's appointed, and he won't be back. He took a bag of money with him. He's a good man. But she has a desire to go out there. But yet still, God, again, he's instructed us, not just the, uh, the woman who could cheat, he tells us how a man could go out and do the same thing. Because in most cases, you can find it doesn't matter, male or female. And this is why I say to my sisters, sisters, make sure when you look for a man, what do you call a man? That's the first thing you need to understand. Because in most cases, you might, if you had a father, you may look for a man that reminds you of your dad. And men, you may look for a woman who reminds you of your mother. But in all cases, ladies, you want to find a man that loves God, who got integrity, who is honorable. He may not be perfect, but he is a man that you know that he loves God. And if he loves God, he'll do you right. He's not going to be perfect. But give him room to continue to grow. But he's somebody you can communicate with, you can talk with, he can build you up. You get what I'm saying? So there's a lot of responsibility that goes on the man. It's a lot, brothers, that goes on our shoulders. We're not perfect, but God expects us to do what's right. You're going to make mistakes, but you got to get it right. you got to be focused because at the end of the day, your job is to make sure that your family has the spiritual needs and the physical needs that they need for their home. And there may be times, <clears throat> listen, anybody can walk away when times get tough. That's the problem with men now. They love to walk away. When they get hard, they bail out. We don't need fathers like that. We need fathers who take a stand. Please remember when God met Moses, who did he represent himself as? I am the God of your fathers. Your fathers knew me, Abraham, Isaac. Even Jacob. Notice he didn't say Israel. He said Jacob. Jacob was, his name means trickster, supplanter. But his name was changed to Israel. But he still called him Jacob, even though God changed his name. I'm the God of Abraham, father of multitudes. I am the God of laughter. I am the God of trickster, too, Abraham. <laughs> I mean, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, which means a prince which means God is not a respectable person. He is a respectable of principles. And the word principle means basic Christian elementary truth. God expects men to take a stand for him. Let me take you to Psalm 144. Let me show you something real quick. Because a lot of times we got to know who we're leaning on. We're leaning on God. He is our high tower. Listen to what this says right here. Psalms 144. Blessed be the Lord, my strength which teaches my hand to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, 
my shield, and he in whom I trust, whom subdue my people under me. And let's look at this right here. Look at this one. Verse 11, same chapter, 144, verse 11. Rid me, deliver me from the hands of strange children, whose mouth speaks vanity, and their right hand is right hand of falsehood, that our sons, this is important then, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our gardeners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our feet, that our oxes may be strong, labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our street. Happy is the people that it happy is the people that in such that is in such a case, yes, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. God called men to build. Men always build. We are builders by nature. We build up our children, we build up our wives, we build up our home, we build up our community, our streets. Everywhere we go, we are there to build. We build our churches. We encourage our pastors. We support our pastors. We make a difference. That's what we're called to do. We are like black stallion horses, powerful, strong. But if we're not careful, we'll die before our time. This is why, brothers, we got to be careful how we eat and what we consume in our bodies. But too often time, I see mighty men of valor dying early. They get in their 50s and 60s, heart attacks, diabetes, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, uh, colon cancer, you know, cancer, all types of things that inflict in stroke. We have to take care of our bodies. Listen, brothers. It doesn't matter how much scripture you quote, how much word you know, how much you pray. If you're putting all that type of food in your system, you need to change the diet. Change the diet. Your family needs you here. They need you here. And remember, wine is a marker, and strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereof is not wise. Don't put drugs in your system. Because the devil try to knock the men out. He's strong, powerful. It doesn't matter what race he is. God called the men to build generations. And this is why when we meet on Tuesday at the Dunkin' Donuts, we come together at Dunkin' Donuts, all men, and we sit and we talk about God. Every Tuesday from 10 to 12, building up the men. And one of the brothers wanted us to go and give our sandwich. I said, listen, man, all these men got titles and positions. They're already doing something. This is a healing place where men can come in and they can talk about God. They can unravel who they are and open themselves up. And iron sharpens iron, and we build each other up there. This is a healing place. This is not something that we need to be out doing more ministry. We're doing ministry. I'm always doing something. Seven days a week, I'm doing something that got something to do with the word of God and building up people. I don't need another ministry underneath my belt. What I need is healing. We always got to find a place where we can go and heal. This is why Jesus kept 12 men around him. Not that he needed them, he was discipling them. But he kept the men around them to teach them the importance of fellowshipping together. There should always be a time when men fellowship together. I'm scared of a man who don't like to fellowship with other men. 
something wrong with you, man. You better find some time to fellowship with somebody. Two is better than one. One only put a thousand a flight, two put ten thousand a flight. Take off your robe. Take off your title. Come sit among the men. People get a title and they get big headed. Let the let the ear out your head, man. Come sit down. Know what it's like to be a brother again. Be a part of a brotherhood. You know, one of the things they have in college that they do that they come together and they make a brotherhood. They come into alliance together. The Marines and Special Forces and Navy Sealmen, they have a alliance together, no man left behind. They have a source of coming together as a people of a brotherhood. Men need to do that as often as possible. The women always come together and heal each other. They nourish her. They heal each other. They pray for each other. They comfort each other. They weep with each other. Man, they have a Holy Ghost good time. Men, we need to stop coming around each other, sizing each other up, criticizing each other, getting jealous, trying to take over. I can't stand it when a man comes to something late and he comes in and take over. We don't need nobody to rule over us. We always want to rule something and conquer something. When you come together, we want to come together as brothers. Let the brotherhood reign. Let us come together. Because you may not talk today or tomorrow, but if you keep walking alone, you're going to realize that in the new time, God is calling the corporate anointing. The pyramid is over with, brother. Are you hearing me? The days of Moses and his pyramid is over with. When Jesus came, he left, he sent back the Holy Ghost. Corporate anointing is in. Forget about you being the head big dog. The cat meow and the dog by wild. Not no more, champ. We don't need no hero. We need everybody to build alliance together. One of my brothers said it best. He said when Peter and them was taking up the fish, they couldn't get all the fish themselves. They beckoned to their brothers to come and help them. This is the time when God is bringing church together. The only time we come together shouldn't be for a revival. Are you kidding me? You got to be kidding me. See, I'm one of those kids that grew up in sports. And when I grew up in sports, I had some hardcore coaches. I ran track. I took up gymnastics. And everything we did, it was as a team. We worked out as a team. We brought the equipment out as a team. We put the equipment back away as a team. We traveled on the bus to go against other schools as a team. I can't identify with this pyramid thinking, uh-uh. I'm sorry, I'm just not that guy. So I believe I'm a part of the future, what God is having for the future churches. It will be a corporate anointing. If you want a pyramid anointing, maybe you was born in the wrong time. You need to go back and do the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, I believe God said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He still has an order, but it ain't no pyramid order. He bring, he's moving upon everybody, men and women, young kids and older kids. He's not a respectable person, but he is a respectable principle. Because everybody don't have the same ability. God gives, read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He gives us a description of what he gives, multiple different types of gifts and abilities. And you think I'm going to sit on somebody who got the gift of healing? Sit on somebody who got the word of wisdom? Sit on somebody who got the word of knowledge? Sit on somebody who got the work of a miracle? Are oh, you crazy? People are dying, and you're just sitting on a weight. 
When the Lord tell me something, I'll tell you something. And the gift is stirring up in them. Folks, listen, man. We living in a time the world already caught the bitch. They took off. We sitting here still. We going to wait and see until Yahweh come and show up. We wait on the Lord and be of a good courage. And we pray and we seek God's face. We serve in the ministry because we're supposed to support and serve our pastors. But find something that you can do to exercise your gift. Pray and get before the Lord. Find out if it's a ministry that you can get underneath in your church and serve underneath that ministry. The pastors don't need cheerleaders. We got our palm pie now. The only thing we do is come in and cheer, cheer. We shout and we encourage the man of God and we cheer them on. But you better believe they want you to get busy. They don't want you to come into church and sit on the seat of do nothing and whistle to the tune of care less. No pastor don't want no sitting church. They want a church that's moving, that's on fire, that's active. And this is what God called us to. But when you deal with this thing of marriage, marriage is broken things. Folks, let me tell you something. You could be the broken one. It may not be your spouse. It may be you. You're broken. Maybe it's things that God is trying to bring out of you. Would you let him do it? Would you allow him to break you? Are you like Peter that's on the roof that God sent the vision of the unclean living creatures to him? He told Peter to eat it. And Peter said, I never ate nothing unclean and uncommon. And God said, what I've cleaned, don't you call unclean and uncommon. Is God calling you to people that you're not familiar with working with? And because they're unclean and uncommon to you, they're a little dirtier, and you, you used to being so GQ and so clean, you don't want to get your hand dirty around them. Is God calling you around people that's less educated than you are, but because you're so educated, you don't want to deal with people because they say, I ain't doing nothing. Your arrogance has made you miss God, man. Take off your pride. Your pride will bring you low. It's not taking you higher. The Bible says a man's pride will bring him low. God took an educated scholar and sent him to buckwild Gentiles. They wasn't even Jews. And then he took an illiterate, ignorant man who was a fisherman, old cousin Peter, and sent him to the Jews who knew their law coming and going. Isn't God something? The Bible says he used the foolish things of this world to confine the wise, the weak things of this world, to confine those who are mighty. God flexes his muscle. If you ever want to see God show off, look for somebody who don't have all the ability. And I'll show you a woman or a man that God is going to use very strongly. The ones that everybody overlooks. They don't got this. They don't got the skills. They don't got the education. They ain't got that. God can't use them. That's the main person God's going to use to set up everybody. It's the ones that always been overlooked, the ones that people who don't think they're ever going to get out of that situation. That's the one God is going to raise up. It's the weak ones that everybody overlooks and say, mm, I feel sorry for them. They ain't going to never get free. No, they're going to get out of that. Those are the ones that God is going to raise up. Let us be mindful of the people that we reject, y'all. Be very careful of the folks you reject in life because the people that you reject, and that was rejected by you, those are the ones that God is going to raise up. He's going to use them. 
And for my people out there, if you are broken, I want you to come back to the place where you can find God. I want to challenge you to go into the book of Psalms. Read the book of Psalms. And as you read the book of Psalms, I want you to pray. You don't have to be a long prayer. Pray to God and ask God to reveal to you who he is. And I need you to go find your church where you can get the word at. All of a sudden, people, you can come to my church. We get word there like crazy. Deliverance. I'm on up there and learn the word of God. Some people might say, well, I'm scared of big churches. Deliverance is a small family in a big church. I promise you that. It's a big church, but it's a small family. And what I mean by that, once you get to know everybody, you realize the church is not so big, it's small. <laughs> but you want to find a place where you can grow and be disciples because we need your purpose to be birthed. We don't need you to marry a jack-legged man or a jack-legged woman. We don't need that. We want you to find your place in God so that all of us can be blessed. We don't know who you are. You may be the one that's carrying the gift of healing, the working of miracles, and people are getting sick all around you, and you never tap into your gift yet. God didn't give the title, then the gift. No, baby girl, he gave the gifts. He gives the gifts. And the Bible said the gifts and the callings without repentance. But I want you to find your purpose and your gifts. Find out where you can be at. And when you get there, don't you let nobody chase you away. I've never seen a time like it is now where you got folks chasing people away from their purpose. And people are leaving. Don't you leave. Stand still. Stand still. And you stay there and you let God raise you up. Because he got something for you to do. He wants to use you in this hour. He got a plan. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, and an expected end. He wants to raise you up in this hour. You are important to God. Man, if we only knew how important we was to God, he loves you. If he gave Jesus life for you, you know how much God loves you? Do you really, really know how much he loves you? He loves you. He loves you. He doesn't care about the title you don't have. He loves you. You are a soul that would never die, never die. And he placed his hand upon you. He's been dealing with you all your life since you was a little child. He cares about everything about you. He cares about your feelings. He cares about your pain. He cares about your fear. The things you do not understand, God understands. He has an answer for everything that you're going through, and he want to do something in your life. Don't allow people to make you miss God because people are going to give you their opinion of you. We don't know each other's purpose. We don't. We don't. And I walk with some mighty men. I, I'm telling you, guys, ladies, I'm around men that got a prophetic call, strong prophetic call. If any of you came in a present, they got you. They know who you are. They can see you. They are truly prophets. They're not one to brag about it. They don't want you to know, but they prophets. They got eyes, and they can see. But God wants to develop you, man of God, woman of God. He has a plan for you. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what it looked like. He's still in control of your life. He just wants you to come closer to me, he says. The word of God tells God, said, look unto me, all you ends of the earth, and be saved. 
God is an awesome God. And I love this verse. It says, for the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. That's not in work. Perfect in him, meaning that loves him. The perfect love casts out all fear. He wanted something so strong in you. He's looking for a man, a woman, to and fro, constantly looking for somebody. He doesn't care. He's just looking for availability. That's what he's looking for. And he used people, and he raised them up. And I'm going to tell you something. When you get promoted in God, you're going to be the first one to know it because it happens spiritually first, and then it kicks out naturally. When people see it naturally, they're like, whoa, but you already felt it. Promoted, he promoted you spiritually first. You feel it because you feel an increase in wisdom, an increase in understanding, an increase in knowledge, an increase in the depth of learning more about God. Anytime there is a hunger, God is going to meet that need. The Bible says this, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be fed. Man, God wants you to get fed. He want to feed you so much word. There is things he want to sit you down and he wants you to grow. I remember we would walk, me and my buddies, we would walk across town to get to church. Man, we didn't care about how far it was. None of us had a car. But we had feet, and we walked. <laughs> we walked all the way across town, and we heard the word of God. We had a female pastor. Selma Malone, and man, that woman of God poured into us. And she came from underneath R.W. Sandbox. <laughs> Miracle Temple. You hear me? And then from there, I went on over to deliverance and sat underneath Pastor Benjamin Smith. You see, there are times in our life that we need certain things to develop us. And I'm so glad for the mentors of those that mentored me throughout my life, I promise y'all. I look back over my life, and I'm very appreciative in this day and hour. Because without that man of God, without that woman of God, I don't know what would have happened. I know some people don't like women, but let me tell you something. They don't believe in women preaching. Let me tell you something. God would use a woman just like he would use a man. Men are head, but don't you get it twisted. He would send a woman of God, and they will break you off, make you look like a fool. <laughs> this is why we can't. Listen, man, when God commanded to move and he talks, he's looking for a body, a person who hears him, whose ears like that donkey. Oh, what's up, people, about the donkey? The donkey has ears that it can hear 60 miles away in the desert, another donkey crying for help. Good old donkey. Loyal, faithful, represent meekness. Donkey. We got to have ear like a donkey, y'all. And Jesus always say, he to have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Listen, he opened up Revelation. There's a part of Revelation that I love to read when I start off. And, and it, it always captivated me. I said, man, this is, this is awesome, man. And a lot of people read right over it. Listen to this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the word of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Man, I love that verse, man. That's a bad verse that John wrote. 
Blessed are they to hear it. You got to hear it. And then it says, and they keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Man, let me tell you something. When Jesus called John, he said, John. John said he turned around. John was 17 years old when he saw Christ die. He was just a kid, 17 years old. But now he's 90 years old, y'all. He used to lay his head on Jesus' bosom. When he called him John, John turned around. This time when he seen him, his eyes was like flames of fire, red. His hair was like wool. And when he talked, John said he sounded like multitudes of water. John fell down like he was a dead man. It was Jesus. His feet was like brass, the capacity to endure tribulation. Through the red fire of his eye, the capacity to see right through you, to discern you. Hear like wool, the wisdom of God. Listen, man. John, was in, he went to the third heaven, man. He was there, and the Lord was talking to him. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, a 90-year-old man. Yet our government want to kill the old people. Uh-huh. We need them. Let me tell you something. Older people got wisdom. It's something they can teach you, and you better get it. It's the law of E.F. Hutton. The law of E.F. Hutton say when leaders speak, people listen. That's the law of E.F. Hutton, y'all. Listen, God got a plan for all of us. He want to move. He doesn't care who you are, how much education you have, how much money you got in your bank account, where you been at, where you came from, what family you was born in. God don't care about all that dumb stuff, man. You talk about a God, he's a king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He already went through the galaxy and Milky Way. He knows what's out here already. And we're on the small, tiny earth. I dare you one day, Google Earth, and look how tiny it is. And you look at the billions of galaxies, not ten galaxies, billions with the B, of galaxies that's out there. And you mean to tell me all that that God created and he don't have a plan for you? Let me tell you something. Don't you ever forget this. Everything that God created, he made it not just to look pretty, but it has a purpose. He put all those galaxies out there for a reason, and he's going to put good use to it. The question you got to ask yourself, would you be one of those who will put good use to the galaxies and the Milky Way? God want to use us, but he want to, he's concerned about everything we do in life. He's concerned about who you marry. He's concerned about who you would date. He's concerned about who you hang out with. Don't listen, folks. <sighs> Let me put it to you like this. You can't soar with eagles by day and hang with the buzzers by night. Are you with me? I'm telling you right now. You can't soar with eagles by day and hang with the buzzers by night. You can't be one person in the daytime, but at nighttime you with the buzzers. Did I tell you the story about the monkey? Let me tell you about the monkey. Hmm. When they want to capture a monkey, they take a, a cage, and they put a coconut in that cage. And they put a hole in that cage just big enough so that monkey hand could get through that cage and grab that coconut. And then the man comes to come take the monkey away with a bigger cage. And as the monkey got his hand in the cage, 
he's holding the coconut. He's looking at the man coming at him, and he's hollering. <laughs> but he won't let go of the coconut. So the man take him and put him inside a cage. He had the coconut, but if he let the coconut go, he could pull his hand out and go back up in the tree. But instead of doing that, he holds on to the coconut, and he just screams while the man coming. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let the coconut go. Don't let things bring you into captivity. There's some things you got to release it in order for you to be free. Because if you hold on to that thing too long, you're going to be just like that monkey. You're going to see the devil trying to kill you and wipe you out of this world, and you ain't letting go of that sin, and the enemy is coming to get you. He's coming to get you because he had something that you want. Listen, there's no temptation overtake you but such that is common unto men. Everybody goes through temptation. But don't you let that thing suck you in. Let it go so you can soar with eagles. Let it go. When that itch come at nighttime, you can make it through the night. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You don't got to scratch that itch all the time. And it's a lot of things. And this is why we ask people, when you're married to broken things, what is it that you married to that nobody don't see? Is it illicit sex? Is it the crack? Is it liquor? Is it cocaine? What is it? Is it anger? Is it pornography? What is it that you're married to, married to broken things? Because God is trying to make you whole. Your spouse can't make you whole. You see, there's things about you that your spouse will never know. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I always laugh when I hear people say, oh, my wife knows me better than I know myself. Oh, my husband just knows me so well. No, they don't. They know, No, they don't. They only know a pattern of what they saw you did, but they don't know you know you. Because there are things that you commune in your heart about that you never tell your spouse. Mm-mm. Only God knows it. He said the heart of the sheep above all things is desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, tries the heart, even the reign of the heart. So it's not nobody being fake with God. You know, you hear people say you got to be real with God. They are real with God. Anytime you got to sin, take it to the Lord. You don't need to be real with the people. Sometimes people want you to tell them what you're going through so they can tell it to their friends and their wives or their husbands. And it ain't nobody's business. You take it to the Lord. And then you find a prayer warrior who you know love God that will help you and got your best interest at heart and pray you through it. You don't go out and tell everybody your business, man. Man and woman, take it to the Lord. Is there anyone else who would like to just ask any questions out there? Because when God put a marriage together, he orchestrated the marriage. Adam and Eve didn't have a parent. They didn't have no in-laws. Never had that problem. Never. So, the thing is, when you marry your wife, you love your parents. You still honor your parents. But your marriage now, you made a covenant with God to marry someone. You said, and don't get caught up into this common law marriage that we lived together for seven years till we married. Don't you believe that lie? Listen, if you didn't make a covenant with God, you are not married. And I'm going to tell you something. City Hall ain't going to recognize that neither. 
Because if, if you and Jim or whoever been living together for 15, 30, 40 years, if you die and Jim still had a wife and they've been separated all these years, guess who's going to get everything Jim owns? That wife proceeds in covenant with him, even though they were separated. The laws don't care about that common law saying, man, get out of here. They said, uh-uh. His wife was still alive. She lived in L.A. to where she get everything that he had. I'm telling you, folks, I've heard the story. <clears throat> Men and his wife separated. He'd been living with his mistress 20-some years. Had a wife to where he bought a house. Him and his mistress living in Wife lived in another state. When he died, they told the wife he's dead. He owned the house. She came, picked the mistress out, took over the home. I'm told by that common law stuff. Tell you, it doesn't mean anything. What you want to do is provide things honest in the sight of God. You want God to be with you. He's the spirit, and he has a plan for you. He wants his spirit to be all around you and in you. He wants to build you up. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discernment, these are the things and the attributes we need in this hour in order to survive. Is there anyone out there who would like to say anything or add anything? Feel free. We are here. We love you. Because a lot of times when people hear marriage is broken things right away, we think of spouses. Well, you, you do have a caller, and they already unmuted. Okay, go on. Caller, who are you? This is Brother Aaron. How you doing? What's up? Hey, what's up, boy? <laughs> How you been? Sounding good, man. Real good topic. Yeah, and I'm I'm one of them ones that thought that, you know, I was in the middle of something. I was hoping I got a chance to um call in. So as soon as you know, I got as soon as I got done, I called in. I, I, it's a good thing this is a two hour show because it would have been an hour show, I'd have missed the whole thing. But yeah, I just I didn't really have nothing to say. I just wanted to let you know I was supporting you. I was here. I didn't forget about you guys. You know, um I was just doing something else. So, you know, you can go ahead and continue what you're doing. I just wanted to let you know I was here. You know, that's it. That's my brother there, y'all. We the same brother by another mother. That's my brother, man. That's a good brother <laughs> in the Lord. I love to hear this man of God sing. Hey, Devil, hey, tell them about your CD. They can look it up, man, where they can get your songs, man. Hey, man, um, we have a project that the Lord helped us. Um, I, he, you might as well say he did it for us. But helped us to release a CD entitled "Rend Your Heart." You know, if you get a chance to read scriptures in the Book of Joel, chapter two, verse thirteen. Um, but it's "Rend Your Heart." It has ten original songs that I wrote myself, um, and it's available on iTunes, CD Baby, and Google Play. You know, um, I have a contact if you're looking to book anything. Um, and just writing your correspondence address to Aaron Williams, P.O. Box 50694, Philadelphia, PA 19132. But other than that, you know, um, yeah, the Lord is blessing. We had a concert yesterday, Lord bless, you know, um, and we're the Lord is moving us forward. So we really appreciate it. Wow, man. So, folks, if you, have been, if you haven't heard this man you want to get it and hear it. It is timely, and it is a prophetic word and song. God has really blessed this man of God. He's mature. He got a ridiculous, crazy, administrative 
spirit who can just put things together like crazy. I always marvel at how God, that's one of the gifts in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that God gives men to do that. And a lot of us, and, and many of you out there, he gave you more than one gift. He just didn't give you one. Some people got more than one gift that God has given them. We are waiting on your gift. And I'm telling you, folks, if you ever around people who are gifted and know their gift and operate in it, it's awesome to see it, man. It is just so beautiful when you see the gift come forth. I thank God for my brother Will, man. This man of God, uh, he has done so much. And I told Aaron one time, Will, about you, I said, Aaron, this boy's going to stumble across something big time. God got big plans for Will. He haven't seen nothing yet because, and Aaron told me, he said, things always fell in Will's hand like that. <laughs> it's like Will always stumble across things <clears throat> along with the, the radio and people. He connect with a lot of people, well-known people. So God is going to bless this man of God for doing this. And I want you all to pray for Will. Remember him. He's the host of this station, this radio, Internet radio station here. He's been truly a blessing to myself. Aaron and many other people, um, pray for him because a lot of people don't understand, man. When you're about a work that opens a doorway for other people to get ministered to and build up, the devil's going to come after the person that's doing this. So we got to pray for one another. But, folks, I want to remind everybody, always remember, saints of God, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. The devil going to form it, and you see him forming it. Don't get upset and bent out of shape. Just know it's not going to prosper whatever he wanted it to do. And when it does happen, please remember that all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called for his purpose. One of my buddies always say this to me. I say, how you doing, Brother Boskett? He said, I'm doing pretty good, considering that all things working together for my good. I love that quote that he said, man. Listen, you got to know that God is working things together for your good. No matter what you go through, it's still working together for your good. And remember, you got to walk with great people of God. I'm not talking about so much of the titles. I'm talking about in character. Iron sharpens iron. Be around warriors. Be around prayer warriors. Be around word warriors. Be about people who are active in the church. Find people who like to encourage people. You be that person. Because the man or the woman that you're looking for, God is going to make you that person. And one of the things I want to say to everybody, always, always keep the fire. Keep the fire. When I say the fire, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Keep the fire of God in your spirit. Don't let your fire lamp burn out on you. Keep it oil. Keep it oil. Nice and oiled up. How do you keep it oiled up, Brother Calvin? By reading and praying and fasting. Set yourself aside a time of the day where you can fast and read and pray. Start off your morning by praying for five minutes. I bet you it'll go into ten minutes. I bet you it'll grow to 15 minutes, and I guarantee you it'll be 20 minutes, and I guarantee you within a month's time you'll be praying for an hour and don't even know that an hour went by just like that. Just start off five minutes in the morning and praying, and read a chapter a day. Read Psalms. 
Read Proverbs. Learn God's word. Because every verse that you read, he's going to bring it back to memory. And he's going to encourage you through those verses. And then you begin to do that, you begin to walk with God every single day. And the Bible says a good man or a good woman steps are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his going. And never be afraid of where God is taking you at. Don't be afraid of it. I know it's unfamiliar territory, but it's okay. Walk through the door. He's opening it up for you. He's taking you places. That's okay. You can do it. Don't let fear tell you you've never done this before. But your past never did it. You know you can't do it. Don't listen to those voices. You can't do it. God is going to take you places that your parents never been before, that your family members never saw before, that people around you never heard of before, but you're the one he's opening the door for. You walk through those doors because he's with you. And last but not least, I want you to remember Joseph. When you read in the book of Genesis about Joseph, when he was given away as a slave, both a slave, his old brothers gave him away as a slave, one of the things that the Bible said about Joseph was this that I love. It said, but the Lord was with Joseph. And, man, let me tell you something. When God is with you, it is something special. I'm turning to it right now. Yeah, verse, look, you go and read Genesis chapter 39 to the end, and you will see, and I'm going to read just a little bit of you right quick, verse chapter 39, Genesis 39, verse 2 to 4. And it says, and let me go to verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guards. And Egyptian brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites which he had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. Listen to this, y'all. And he was a prosperous man. So it doesn't matter if you are, if you are a man or a woman. A prosperous man. But first, who was with him? The Lord. You don't want to taste the things that don't have God. The Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Don't you know when things are working good for you at your job and God is giving you favor, he is prospering you? And Joseph found grace in the sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. You will see that with Joseph. You will see that with Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 9. Daniel was the same way. God was with them the whole time. He opened doors. He gives opportunity, and he prospered you. Don't you ever let that door close on you where God is about to open for you. You walk through the door. Remember, folks, you're not seeking the title or the position. You're seeking your God, and he elevates. But promotion don't come from the west, the east, nor the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. He is with you. He is your high tower. He is your strong tower. Remember this thing. 
Because God wants you to notice all this is written in your word. Read your Bible. For whatever thing was written was written for our learning. This book of law, Isaiah 1 9, should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate therein day and night. I think it was Joshua, day and night that you might observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then should you make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Listen, God wants to be with you everywhere you go. Don't leave him in church. Some people, only time they know God is when they get to church. So I can get to church. Hallelujah. I meet the Lord. He should be with you everywhere you go. He's in that house with you. He's on the train with you. He's in the car with you. When you're walking, he's walking with you. He never leaves you. We just choose to acknowledge him only when we're in the church. I want to acknowledge him in everything I do because he's still there with you. Amen? Dr. Will, I'm going to turn it over to you at this time, my brother. And what can a person say? <clears throat> you got clear. You threw it on that one. <clears throat> Double clear. After that, what? Dude, I don't even know what to tell you, but God is using you and every single saint of God that is anointed. Because the information that you bestowed upon our ears and let the Lord use you, and some of the things you just came from the top of the head with, it was mind-blowing, man. You really educated. You really touched some lives. You definitely made me look at things a little differently, too, because I was like, wow. And it's like sometimes you know things, but you got to hear it again to make it be having that little stamp of approval. Like, uh, you're not a nut. Uh, you're not crazy. Uh, wake up. Uh, get it together. Uh, hello. I'm like, oh, my God. So, people, if you got that same <laughs> inspiration and you feel the same way that I do right now, like you got a big old smile on your face, you can see everybody can see your teeth, like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> then, you know, by all means, tell somebody to check out Sound City Radio. Because here we are all about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. Sound City Radio. All I always ask people to do is just be real and be safe and my God be ready. They ain't lying about me being tested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I've been tested since the day I was born. <laughs> but matter of fact, so have you. The problem is, your test might be bigger than mine. Sometimes my test might be bigger than yours. The problem is, how do we pass these tests? After the test is done, do you have an F? Or do you have an A? <laughs> or are you just a B? And you can see your way out, but don't be a D. And that's a dumb head. Don't be dumb. Don't let people tell you that Jesus ain't God. Don't let people tell you that you can't make devils flee by saying his name. In Jesus' name. I, you know, some people say, use another word. I can't, to me, I don't know other words. I was brought up that way. I want to go the same way that my parents went, which is to heaven. And when they was, ooh, when they was living, and anointing that I saw, the devil knew it was going to fall on me. At, at the time, I took it as a joke when I saw my mom doing, you know, speaking in tongue and everything. But when she lost breath, 
cancer for 17 years of her life. And I didn't really realize it because, you know, my parents passed away when I was early, like 16 years old. So both. Father in 82, my mother in 84. This is 2017. So think about it. But for me, to see everything and still keep things bottled up and keep things flowing because I try to do whatever it takes. I let everything just go out the other, you know, I probably let things be released, but I just let it go off, off the other end. I keep it moving. I try to stay physically happy, mentally happy. Sometimes I'm too stupid because I'd be so happy because <laughs> I trust everybody. You're not supposed to trust everybody, but I do. I even trust you, and I don't even know you because I don't want to judge a book by the cover. I don't know who you are or what you're going to be or what you might be ready to do to me, but I'm going to trust you. Now, don't forget what you do to me might turn me up because I'm going to be letting you go once. Okay, that's crazy. Two, let's go twice. Oh, my God, this person's crazy. You didn't know who they're doing this to? The third time, I'm like, so by the way, (laughs) guess who came to dinner? (laughs) Because now you're going to make me do things I don't want to do, and I got to pray to not not do it. That's what we got to always think about, praying not to do things that God wouldn't do. So every time you think, you'll be like, what would God do now? But the devil is going to test us even more as time progresses through our life. The children are going to do crazier things as time progresses through our life. You think the trials and tribulations was crazy in slavery days. When do you see what's going to happen in 2000 if we see those years to come? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't understand what is being said, marriages are becoming obsolete. People are going to get to the point like, oh, why I got to get married? We're not going to have all these dads on women. Why I got to get married when I can have all these men? Then people are going to be like, why I got to be married if I can have both of them? And that's the mental that's the mental part right there because you got the women marrying women and the men marrying men, and then they want to bring up children, and they want to sit up and grow up the same way, and then they want to have an artificial assimilation to bring forth a child. Nothing is being done the way that God said. Not everything is becoming man-made. So think about it. Would you like to become man-made? And if you are man-made, do you want to tell everybody that you're man-made? Well, you ain't going to say jack. You're going to try to make somebody else become man-made. That's the problem. That's why Pastor Smith said a long time ago, be careful of the hell of vision. You think about it, even on the gospel channels, you might have some good gospel, but you always got somebody that might infiltrate and bring on some nonsense. You're like, wait a minute, that don't even sound right. But the worst part about life is, even when you're watching the gospel channel, there's always a commercial. Now, when they put a crazy commercial on a gospel-oriented station, you're like, what in the world? Sometimes you listen to it when you listen to the radio radio stations. You're like, yo, wait a minute. Ain't this a gospel? <laughs> did, why did they, how did they just get this in? You're like, what in the world? And you just let it go. You know, you know what? I'm going to let it go because I can hear the next song. The next song will be my favorite song. But that little bit of juice 
got into you. You drank just a little bit. You just took a little. And now it became comfortable. Now you're just like, oh, you know, that's just the way it is. I'll deal with it. Uh-uh. I know somebody told me I am, baby. <laughs> they said I haven't watched the TV in three years. I was like, I got, excuse me? How did you do it? I, I'm still stuck. How did they do it? But it's called discipline. And we fall short of discipline because we always want to, how you say it, erupt. We always want to be in the limelight. A lot of people don't want to be in the cut. Some do. But our kids of this new generation, they want to be seen. When you notice, the problem is the way they're being noticed is the way the devil's creating them to be noticed, which is, hey, show my cleavage. Hey, I'm going to wear my pants down. Hey, I'm noticed now. But you're actually looking like an idiot. Sorry to call it like what it is, but now they say the truth shall make you free or set you free. All right, it's, you got to pick which one you want. But lifestyles are changes, man. And everybody's going to change in this lifestyle. Problem is, which way you want to change? To the good or to the bad? Or are you just going to be up? I don't know. Me? I'm going to keep on laughing and smiling. Because I see the devil's trying to make me be angry and upset. And so, you know what? Because I, 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 I thought some days I feel like, you know what? I don't want, I just, you know, you're ready to give up. There's something in me like, are you a nut? <laughs> what, you know, do you know if you give up, you got kids that's going to say the same thing? Well, daddy did it for so long, but you know what happened? What happened? He gave up. So, what I'm supposed to do? Give up. If he can do it, why can't we? Come on. And that's what your kid's going to say every time. So don't give up. Even if you fall short, don't give up. Because this too shall pass. And I got to remember what I just said out of my mouth because God knows. I know <laughs> Ms. Aaron probably like, yo, look at Will. Here we go. Here we go. He's saying stuff out of his mouth, but he definitely ain't going to do it. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Because I'm going to forget probably the next three minutes. <laughs> but that's a problem I got to deal with. But see, y'all ain't me. You guys are you. So when we get off this radio show, guess who's going to try to test you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just figure it out. If you got to, write a prayer on your hand. You ain't got a big hand, make it a short prayer. What the heck? <laughs> Lord, save me, help me, leave me. Something. You got to look at your hand just to save your life, then do it. Because there's people out here killing themselves for no apparent reason except for the smallest, pettiest things. Think about it. But, you know, if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, oh, yeah, and the main thing I got to say to Minister Aaron Williams, don't you ever come on this show and act like you cannot talk about your daggone album that is totally anointed. Man, any time you come on one of my shows that, that I'm doing, because anybody else's shows, I don't know how they feel about it, but me, <laughs> you got a VIP pass, you got a Grand Central Station pass, you got any pass that you need. Matter of fact, you don't even need a pass. You the class. Shoot. You the teacher. Shoot. I'm just right here trying to learn. So, yes, Minister Aaron Williams, 
drop that daggone beautiful music all up in no ears so I can sit up there and walk around like a Christmas tree. Yo, lift the heck up. Are you kidding me? It's bull crazy. Anyway, um, that's what I'm saying. If you got any questions, comments, or concerns, just email me at DJ underscore chill at 22. Wait a minute. What is my email? Yeah, DJ underscore chill at my.com. I got caught up with Win My Heart. You know, I, I had to listen to the song. If y'all have not heard that album, wait until the next one. But first, before you get the next one, get the first one. So you at least can be able to see how he actually uh, grew and how he's growing and where his mind's going to go next. That's Minister Aaron Williams. That song's called, the album's called Win Your Heart. It means a lot. And it would mean a lot to me if you actually took time to go over there and, you know, just purchase one or three. Maybe nine. Family reunion. Treat somebody. Hey, here's another album. Here's another song. Do it. Why not? You got nothing else better to do. Maybe you do. I don't care. You're just going to figure it out. When you hear it, you're going to love it, just like me. All right, back to what I was saying. Anytime you want to catch up with Sound City Radio, just go on www.talkshoe.com and pull up sound underscore city underscore radio. Remember at all times, it's always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All I ask you to do all the time is be real, be safe, and always be ready. Now, I hope to God that y'all going to check out Words of Fire for Minister Calvin Myers next Tuesday. And if you really like to hear it today or even right now, go on and network, Sound City Radio. Pull up this pin number and just pull it up, Words of Fire, and listen to all of the shows. The man ain't no joke. And then go on Purpose Kingdom and check out my boy Aaron Williams with DTW Ministries. You better wake up. <laughs> There's more ministers out here. They're coming. See, with this so-called church, I try not to put people out there because I don't want, because one day we might have Pastor Wiley, we might have Pastor Lambert, we might have Pastor Brown, we might have anybody. But I don't want it to be like, okay, well, guess that pastor one. No, no, no. I don't want to make it to the point it's a label because you will never know. Even a pastor can be taught by individuals. Because remember, there's individuals out here that's going to become pastors. And you put that daggone thing on it, people sometimes change. We don't need change. We just need ministry. That will bring change. Don't ever judge a book by the cover of people. Plus, no man. Trust God. Until then, check us out on On Point Radio tonight with Mr. On Point. <laughs> He's doing his show tonight, and um, that is definitely on TalkShoe.com. And one of his shows that he talked about tonight is going to be a little bit different. Matter of fact, guaranteed. He's talking about, let me get this straight. I don't want to say anything that's totally wrong. He wants to discuss. Whose last name should a child or children get? 
This has begun to become an issue in the black community. Do you see this as a problem or does it not matter? Is siblings growing up in the same household having different last names? Should a child have the father's last name or automatically inherit the mother's last name? If you'd like to tune into that show tonight at 9 p.m., got a number 724-444-7444. Press the pin number 143-133-POUND. And he puts one pound into the show and start eight to talk. That's On Point Radio. And if you want to check out On Point Radio, go to www.talkshow.com and pull up On Point underscore radio. I'm always be down with them because that's my doctor. That's my dog. That's my homie. That's my rap party. But this is Sound City Radio. And anointing it, just touch your ears. Bless your ears, and now I'm going to be stowed upon your ears with the blessing that Minister Calvin Myers is about to give to you right this second. Amen. Minister Calvin Myers, will you just yes, put um, a prayer? And if it is anything, because I love what you said, and I'm telling you, I'm about to listen to the show again while walking down the street to go to the Home Depot. <laughs> Trust me, I am. But we love to have you bless this God. Let us go out in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that was said, what was mentioned. We pray, God, that the seed would go into good soil, bring forth some 10, some 30, some 40, some 100 fold. God, we pray that your word would spread even the more into the hearts of men and that someone might be encouraged to move forward and to walk into their purpose, because you are God of purpose and destiny, and destiny. And so, Lord, we ask that you will continue to move by your spirit. We thank you for will who allowed this to happen, that you put it in his heart to do this. We thank you for all the listeners who've heard what was said today. God, we pray that the seed that was sown will come back in remembrance of what they heard to encourage them in that moment when fear and doubt try to take over. God, give them the spirit of boldness. Give them the spirit of courage, Lord, and give them the labor ability to labor before you like an ox. In the name of Jesus, move by your spirit. Shake every foundation up. Stir up the gift that's within your people. Bring it to the full fruition of what is purpose and destined to do. Give us the mind of the witty invention from Proverbs 8, 12, God. God, give us favor beyond our wildest dreams and be with us, God. And let us know that you're for us, Lord. And remind us that if you are for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what folks have said. You have called our names before the foundation of the world that we should be with you, Lord. And if you said it, it's got to come to pass. So, Lord, we thank you for all what you said, what you're doing. We pray that you will move by your spirit, break generational curses, beat back every force of darkness, remove doubt, fear, anxiety, negativity that's not like you, break down strongholds in the name of Jesus. What the devil means for evil, use it for your good, God. In Jesus' name, bless your people and prosper them, God. Meet every need to every hearer that is listening. Heal every body 
that needs healing. Open every ear that needs to be opened spiritually. Grant understanding to the weary for those who don't know you like they should. Manifest yourself to them, Lord, in a great and mighty way. God, give churches to your people who are looking for churches, Lord. Let them find a home where your presence resides and the word goes strong like a mighty warrior. In Jesus' name, into your glory, we pray. We thank you for your people and your beloved ones. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love y'all. Thank you for being there with us. God bless you. Enjoy your holiday, your holiday weekend. In Jesus' name, and be safe. Amen. God bless you. All right. Again, people, you already know, when I say out, I say it in a different type of way. Because out is spelled out to me means, obviously, you talk. So I always put that little twist on there. Who's out? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.